Welcome into the second episode of Fearless Frustrations. I'm your co-host, Soma Lambert, joined to my left by Noah and Annette. Noah, please just highlight for me real quick the frustrations that we have for the show today. Oh, we are looking at some Carson Wentz and Nick Foles debates. We're going into some really bad travels in the NBA this week. Oh, horrible travels, not bad travels. Horrible travels. How uh, this trade deadline went a little bit, how they've just uh, really ruined some players' lives throughout it, I would say. I would definitely agree with that. What else do we got on the docket? We're also uh, looking at uh, some controversy in the NFL. Oh, yeah, when isn't there controversy in the NFL? We're definitely going to get into that a lot. But first, before, before we get anywhere, I want to go ahead and talk about this, you know, this NBA refereeing fiasco that I have seen firsthand over the last few days, but it's just not over the last few days, okay? It is over the course of the entire season, and I want to play for you just a, just a short little little jingle of how I feel about the NBA refereeing this season. Technical difficulties in the studio. It's okay, though. Anyway, the point that I feel is frustration and just, complete garbage okay i want to start out with my top frustration of the week right now no that is the that is the bradley beal traveling violation that i saw the other night that is the first of many traveling violations that have been completely absurd all season long please share with me your thoughts yeah so that 100 percent is a travel i saw seven steps on the play um and there was a, a written statement uh, that came out today about the uh, from the NFL officials committee saying that it was not indeed a travel because he lost control of the ball. Yeah. So pretty much what he's saying is you can lose if you get the ball slapped out of your hands. Right. So, OK, let me rewind for you. The this this is the I'm going to try and pull up the tweet and just describe for you how pretentious the NBA sounds in this tweet. But pretty much you can, you know. You can hold the ball, right? You can corral the ball and take your steps, right? So, and after his second step, he gets the ball knocked out of his hands and it's, it's juggling. It's still in his bubble of, you know, his arms, I guess I would say. This is kind of hard to describe without. Yeah, he's kind of wobbling the ball around yeah. a little bit. So but... he regains control yeah. and then proceeds to take a three-step crab dribble around the rim. And for some reason, the NBA is still supporting this as a clean call yeah it, it's just really baffling to me i um i've been noticing this i actually uh, thought of a another example with this that i was i was i just i just feel it's fitting to bring it up now uh joel Embiid does this hook post move where he hooks his arm around uh for example this last game against the lakers he did it on javel mcgee where he takes three complete steps or four, it depends on the situation, and he just dunks on him. Hey, poor, poor Javale McGee in that game. Oh, though. Yeah. I, I was watching that Lakers Sixers game on on Sunday. I believe, whew. Oh yeah. Oh my goodness, poor, poor Javale McGee. And and you're looking at it like, wow, the Lakers really couldn't get anyone at the deadline to do a better job inside the paint. I mean, once they, I I think the this is besides the point. I'll, I'll let you go on, but I don't think the Lakers are making it out in the first round. Yeah, it, it should be really interesting. I just well, and then, yeah. At the deadline, the Clippers just stole Zubox from him, 
Yeah, I don't even know how that. A, a nice young piece. Zubac has been arguably their best young piece outside of Kuzma and a healthy Lonzo Ball. Yeah, because we know Brandon Ingram just ain't doing nothing over there. Yeah, and he does not fit their scheme at all. Not at all. When did he? I noticed this the other day too. We're we're really starting to get off on the frustrations yeah. now, and I like that. When did Brandon Ingram stop shooting threes? Yeah, and that's really I've noticed that lately. Yeah, in college, that was one of his. That was his thing. Yeah, it was his marquee deal. Was that's why people threes. made the uh, the Durant comparisons and saying, you know, oh well, obviously he's got the body like him, and he sh- he, he can shoot. <laughs> Where has that gone to? Yeah, they love making the Durant comparisons. Absolutely and, uh, nowhere. He's not close. He's he's skinny. I guess that's the only one you could go with. Let's move on to some other frustrating topics here. I'm gonna go ahead and start us off with one, which is perhaps the most frustrating offseason move so far uh, in the NFL. The Cleveland Browns signed Kareem Hunt to a one-year deal, Noah. How do we feel about this? Okay, so first off, I do not condone any of the things that he did because that is just before. Absurd. Yeah, before you yeah. say, I think I was listening to an ESPN uh video uh before we went on the air today and espn personality maria taylor said this uh about kareem hunt and the rest of the nfl's decision to overlook some of these domestic violence cases and pretty much the nfl is defending these these players as saying they have curable character flaws as if laying your hand on a woman is a curable quote curable character flaw now take those words and put them in perspective for me, because oh I can't. A I curable can't character flaw, and it's true. That's really how they treat these 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 guys that they're giving second chances. Yeah, I. It's f- tough. Some of the second chances I can agree with because it's like oh, okay, they uh, they didn't necessarily they were using PEDs and then they re they stopped using them, mm-hmm. and they they have you know testing in order to make sure that you're not doing that, but domestic violence I just I can't see why that has a place in the league now besides the yeah. fact that you know all the offseason issues which obviously is the big deal here but the the fit to me is just bonkers because they have a guy that they drafted in the second oh. early second round Nick Chubb was fantastic so, last year so, Noah yeah so Nick Chubb what the wor- what in the world this is what was outstanding to me I about Nick even. Chubb is that he was on pace, actually, if he would have played the complete entire season to be in the Rookie of the Year running. He, he was there. Yeah. He actually was really comparable to Philip Lindsay and Saquon Barkley when you look at, at him from that last half of the season. But you had Carlos Hyde there who had all the snaps at the beginning. Mm-hmm. And they they switched team dynamic. That's they an- got rid of Hyde for the fact that they wanted to play their younger players in Chubb. Yeah, and now you have Kareem Hunt who's not really that bruiser back. He's more of a speed back. And I... I can understand maybe in the passing game why they would want him, but other than that, I don't really see the fit. I just I look at it from the perspective of obviously this is disgusting in the respect that the NFL continues to to allow players into back into the league after incidents like this, and he's still on the commissioner's exempt list, so Kareem still has to go through all those hoops. Uh, you know, they're they're the Browns GM whose name uh, is escaping me right now. Oh, uh, John Dorsey. John Dorsey, thank you. You know, saying we did our extensive research. Oh, really? Oh, you, yeah. oh really? Okay, John. And they're they're okay. a very dysfunctional organization, as we know from and, the past. And it's just I look at it and like, really, you're gonna go out and take a flyer on this kid with all of the criticisms you've taken as a franchise over the last twenty years 
and you're approaching a season where a lot of people are believing you could take the next step because Baker Mayfield looked pretty fantastic during last season. But then you go out and you make this move as your first big splash in the offseason. Frustrating. Yeah. That's really the only way you can describe it. Well, and the biggest need on offense for the Cleveland Cleveland Browns so far has been offensive line to protect Baker yeah. Mayfield because they and just even in the running scheme too Nick Chubb had a lot of really short gains and then he would burst off for an explosive one when he had a hole and so it's just really uh it's really just not the right move for them to make maybe another wide receiver would be good but Kareem Hunt's just not the guy to sign for them no, let's move on from this Kareem Hunt fiasco. Give me something that you're frustrated about. I'm tired of talking about the kid. Okay, so this one is just a multiple perspective, just disaster. It's the Nick Foles Carson Wentz. Yeah, Nick let, Foles let, last. Let's week, dissect this. Yeah, he got he got uh he got re-signed by the mm-hmm. Philadelphia Eagles on the twenty million dollar option, and uh, I just wonder your thoughts on who who would you prefer and. Why do we even have this? Carson Wentz, 100%. It's not a question, and I don't think it should be that much of a debate. Okay, I'll take that back. It should be a debate. Mm -hmm. Nick Foles went out there. He got you a Super Bowl. Yeah. The the come on, you're never gonna. The guy deserves a statue for that. What he did in that in that postseason, who he beat in the grandest stage of them all. You give that man his respect. You give that man his his statue. If he wants a statue, if Nick Foles walks in to the Eagles front office that you give me a statue right now. You you listen to that, man. He's going to go down in history as one of the greats all time. But you traded away future assets for the guy who you drafted to be Carson Wentz. Now, injuries have derailed uh, his career. You know, last season I think it was a little bit unfair for most critics towards him because everyone's like, oh, he's not – he's one year off of an ACL tear. No one comes back the next year unless you're Adrian Peterson, apparently – and just has a phenomenal year. Well, yeah, and then the, yeah, this past year he's had a back injury the whole season. Yeah, he got a back sting right at the beginning. He, he, he had the, the he had the Romo injury. Yeah, the, the transverse process. I only know that because I'm a diehard Cowboys fan. So don't 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 quote me on any other medical issues or anything. But uh, he he had the Romo injury. He was supposed to be out for three to four weeks, and then people were saying if the Eagles uh, made it deep into the playoffs, that Carson Wentz would take over the starting role. But obviously that didn't come to fruition. So. Oh yeah, and I mean Nick Foles in the playoffs is dangerous, even this year. Oh yeah. I mean he he turn he goes to a second gear in the playoffs. But but here's I think we know that they're keeping Carson Wentz. Yeah. Hundred percent. I was really disappointed that Nick Foles did not go to one of these teams that desperately need. That's that's where I was gonna right get now. to next. Who does where does he go? Because. Because the way I look at it, Nick Foles has historically been a a quarterback that has shined and had great moments. Obviously, uh, his best moments coming over the last couple of years. But deep in our hearts, we still know Nick Foles is trash, right? Noah? Well, yeah, he's our, he's had a couple bad seasons. A couple well, bad yeah. seasons. So if he goes to a team like the Jaguars, I'm not high on that. I so, was thinking a team like the Redskins. The Redskins, because okay. Alex Smith. His, his legs broken. Yeah, his that, legs torn in half. I don't think he's coming back. That's a considerably so. career-ending injury here's, at the age he is. Right here's now. the team I'm going to go with, and I'll tell you why: the Denver Broncos. Oh, that's a good one. I yeah. like the Denver Broncos because you look at John John Elway. Love is his his big arm quarterbacks. They have a sustained defense that's still top five in the league already. Oh yeah. And that's a team that he if he goes to that he could win right now if he still plays at the same level. 
Yeah, I, I was thinking the Redskins, too, for the same kind of reason. Yeah. They have that really good defense. They do. But the reason that I think the Redskins over the Broncos is that the Redskins still have, you know, Paul Richardson, and you have some you you have uh, Chris Thompson, who's a pass-catching back. So you, you can still do the dink passes, but you can also go deep to one of those quick receivers. I see that. I really do. The only reason that I'm not agreeing with you is because I have historically watched the Redskins screw up every opportunity they have uh, at success. Oh, yeah. uh, they ruined it when they ran RG3 into the ground and uh, tore apart his career in that Shanahan-style offense. You know, there may have been a, a a poor field involved in that too, but, oh, you know. Their field is atrocious. Whatever. Um, but, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know. That's going to be an interesting storyline here the next couple months is, is where Nick Foles goes for sure. Um, I'm going to take the reins from you now because I want to I wanna talk about – I want to head over to the NBA real quick as, as, as we continue with these frustrations right now. Um, I don't know if you watched the Kevin Durant tirade that he had with uh, the media room uh, over the weekend. But he, here's where I stand with that. So first of all, Durant had a like week-long hiatus from the media, right? And all these, you know, beat reporters are, oh, he doesn't want to talk. He he's avoiding talking about the Knicks because he. Why would he avoid talking about the Knicks? First of all, and, and, and second of all, he he can. I will say it's in his contract. Okay, he he said something. He doesn't have. He said, oh, I don't have to talk to y'all, but I don't want to. Yes, you yeah. do. <laughs> yes, you do. It is in your contract, Kevin. I mean, wh- wh- where are you with this? So Kevin Durant has been notorious for this kind of thing for a long time. And because, it's 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 justified. But. Oh, yeah. He's got his fake accounts. He likes yeah. to hide in the shadows. Like, I know people are calling him a snake for going into the Warriors. No, he's more of a snake because he's avoiding, like, his attention is what he's going for. The, yes or no, Kevin Durant is the most relatable NBA superstar you've ever seen relatable in the fact that he is most everyone he's on his phone all the time he's addicted to social media uh you know i mean i can't i hate sitting here and acting like i know these people because i don't i've never met kevin so he could be the opposite but the picture that he has painted for himself is a picture of a guy that's addicted to social media. You're making burner accounts, dude. You're never going to get the media off the back when they have discovered that you have made burner accounts to go after other people. I mean, come on, dude. I think he loves the attention. I think he, I think he does in a respect, but my, my biggest issue with, with him and his whole tirade that he had was he was just pretty much saying that I can do whatever I want. I don't got to come in. No, it is in your contract, dude. And you can't, the media has a job to do. 100%. There are some good reporters out there, and there are some more snaky reporters that, you know, make those Nick storylines and these storylines that he didn't even, you know, weren't even crossing his mind. Because it is what these NBA players are focused on the postseason and winning. Once that final game of the finals is done, then you can shift your attention. Right? But as the media, we have a job to do. And he was yelling at people for doing their job. I didn't like that. Yeah, I wasn't. I didn't like that. I, I'm not a big fan of that. Yeah, no. I, I wasn't at all. All right. Yeah. Please, please continue with some of your frustrations because I, I know that there's one on there that I def- desperately would love to talk about. Okay, so here here's one that this, this one's a little more hit me a little hard this week. It hits a lot of people hard. Yeah, this yeah. one this one's hitting a lot of people hard. Um, so this one's a uh, college basketball related. Mm-hmm. Uh, the University of Washington, who has a 19 and five record which is better than many teams on the top 25 list, is still not a top 25 ranked team. Disgusting. 
And there is no team from the Pac-12 in the top 25. Yeah, Pac-12 is not well represented right now. There's a lot. Oregon's playing really well, too. Oregon's playing really well, and then obviously UW yeah. and Mike Hopkins has got those boys running well. They have lost one conference game. Lost one conference and it was game. Lost, it was last week against Arizona State, who's one of the top teams in the conference. Why do you think that they're not ranked? I feel that because of last year when there was a very few Pac-12 teams that made it into the tournament and Arizona lost to Buffalo first round, they're not giving them necessarily the best representation mm. because they're, they're basing it based off of last year, which they tend to do with a lot of teams. You get your early power rankings, and then they kind of just mix them through. Well, um, all of... Uh, the uh, non-conference losses for the University of Washington this year have come against ranked teams, and they've been fairly close. Like Gonzaga by two. Yeah. Like that one really just sticks home. And Gonzaga is a top five yeah. team in this country right now. I ooh, I don't know if I'm gonna. There's a lot of good teams right now. There's a lot of good teams. There Obviously, are. did you watch the Duke and Virginia game this I last did, weekend? And that was. Yeah. Whew, we're going to talk about a little Zion uh, later in the show because I, I will not forget that last week you said that Zion Williamson is overhyped. I will get to that a little bit later. But you know what? No, no we're gonna we're gonna share that. No, we're gonna share that now. That is my current frustration because did you see the block that that kid, the ground that he covered? I know the block that you, you know a block I'm talking yes, about. Yes, he had a the one very that, good block. The one that broke social media. Yes, because this guy, like we say, you know, oh wow, he was shot out of a cannon. That was incredible. We say that with the respect of, wow, that was a pretty incredible athletic move. That was awesome. What I saw on what breaks the dimensions of athleticism and sport. If you look at the play and just where he was and the ground he covered, I've lost for I'm I've no more words to describe this kid. Yeah, I just well, for me watching that game, Duke's clearly just a better team than Virginia yeah. from a shooting perspective, not a defensive perspective. And that's the thing, this Duke team, that's that more or less is their their weak side of that team is they they run and they have the athleticism and, and speed that will, will kill you. But when Cam Reddish, it seems, isn't shooting well, it seems like they're shooting because R.J. Barrett isn't that great a shooter, at least yet. And we yeah. know Zion, Zion's not known for his outside shot yet. Um, but, you know, they uh, – the. Trey Jones, there we go. Oh, the, yeah, the, the point guard, point he, he's a great shooter too. So, so they're getting up there, but – Back to what we were talking about, about this UW team not being ranked. I I think that's going to change, especially we need at least one Pac-12 team in there representing. Yeah, there's teams from the from like the um, the American Athletic or or the Athletic Conference, not the A the ACC. Yeah, the right. American Athletic AAC. Uh-huh. Yeah, there's a bunch of those teams like uh, Cincinnati represented, mm-hmm. and they're they're very good teams, and I uh, I completely agree that you know some of those teams should be in there. But, you know, when you have a team that's part of the Pac-12, which is considered, you know, one of the typically the power five conferences in most sports, right. I, f- I feel they should have some representation. Yeah, I, I just had to double check to make sure we don't have one Pac-12 team in the top 25. We need to change that. Come on, P&W, get your act together. All right, Noah, let, let, let's move on down the show here as we're kind of rounding it out. Let's move to our, my, one of my favorite games. Did the other team win? Or did your team lose? I'm going to go ahead and start this one off. 
uh, with some of the worst basketball my Portland Trailblazers have been playing lately. Um, I, I don't expect you to have watched Sunday's game between Portland and the Mavericks. Not many people would. It was a nice noon start time on a Sunday. Uh, not 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 your your choice time to to watch a Blazers game, but. Uh, Blazers played well through three quarters, and then they scored nine points in the fourth quarter and completely deteriorated and suffered their worst loss of the season. Luka Doncic was amazing. We got a big Luka fan. I don't know anyone that's not a Luka fan. Exactly. But uh, there's a Mavs fan in here, and he, he was, you know, let me know how it was, and it is just that. Um, so for this one, Portland, your team lost. Um, Terry Stotts had some weird lineup issues going through there. He had a Damian Lillard that caught fire for, I think, 20 in the third quarter, and then he just sat him halfway through the fourth. And then that let the Mavericks come back into the game, and we're just clunking. It was it was disgusting. And then last night we had a back-to-back in OKC um, where Paul George went off. Yeah, him and Westbrook oh. combined just went crazy. They both had triple doubles over. We're gonna, over yeah, we'll get in a little bit more of that in a little bit later. But incre- those two are incredible together. But anyway, that is my this week's. Did your team, did the other team win or did your team lose? Please take over for me before I get even more frustrated. All right, so I was watching the L.A. Clippers and the Boston Celtics. This is a good one. And this so, is a good one. Yeah, so the Boston Celtics know. blew a 26, 28-point lead. And, you know, they're going into the third with that, you know. You should be able to be able to sustain that for a while. And uh, what was what's really interesting to me is the Clippers were one of those teams that seemed seemingly hopeless after the deadline because they lost Tobias Harris. Ugh. They're all... There should have been, you know. I'm I'm a firm believer that the Clippers at all times know what they're doing because we thought that they were done and gone when they got rid of the Lob City era. Blake oh, Griffin yeah. went away. Chris Paul, of course, DeAndre gone. Jordan. DeAndre Jordan gone. And we're looking at like, oh wow, this is gonna be the worst team. But no, they keep Doc Rivers on the coaching staff. A great move, and they're they've been competing in the West for the past two seasons now. And not only okay, let's let's focus on the game real quick. First of all, Boston, what's going on? Well, Kyrie Irving did get injured, so we yeah. we can we can look at no that. structural damage apparently. But my theory is this is going to be a an ongoing storyline the rest yeah, of the season like anyway. Lingering injury, yeah. and uh, Kyrie Irving's been known to be getting injuries mm. as of late. He's yep. one of those more mobile point guards that get injuries. Yeah, and the so, way he plays, yeah. he's his body is prone to injuries. Yeah, it, it reminds me of like Derrick Rose when he got injured. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, it's like the way you shift your body. Sometimes it's not meant to go that way. Yeah, and um, the Boston Celtics have just been kind of having this this weird year in general. And so it's like last year they were a playoff team. Mm. They were, you know, that with the two injuries of Gordon Hayward and Kyrie Irving, and now they're kind of just. It's the off thing. Is, the, so last year, and I have a friend uh, living in San Diego that's a big Celtics fan, and I talked to him from time to time about it. And the way I look at last year, you had all these young guys that really took that team, right? You had scary Terry Rozier just lighting it up in the postseason. Oh, yeah. Right? And, and, and it opened our eyes that this kid is a starting point guard in this league. Which he is. He should be a franchise piece. And then, of course, you take the back seat to a Kyrie Irving coming back. And Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum blew up in the playoffs, and they had great moments but now you bring Gordon Hayward back in and you're you're meshing these young guys that were really in the spotlight they took 
LeBron and the Cavs to seven games in the Eastern Conference Finals where they almost won. Oh yeah, they almost won that game seven, and now you're you're telling them, you know, to kind of not take a back seat more or less, but you know. Marcus Morris came out after the game and it kept or opened up to the media about some stuff that should be kept in house at all times, right? Just saying that we're not playing together. This hasn't been fun for a while. And then, you know, a game where the Celtics blew a 20 something point lead in Boston, oh, yeah. where they just lost to the Lakers on a garbage Rondo buzzer beater. Yeah. Rondo, right? Rondo is just one of those guys who can make it when he uh, wants to. One of my favorite players of all time. But now. It's a way bigger deal, and all the Boston media are like, "Oh crap, we might not think we might not be as good as we think we are." Yeah, and I think the Boston Celtics are, you know, they may be as good as they think they are. Actually, yeah, it's just a matter of Brad Stevens has a lot of lineup management to do, and he's still kind of figuring it out, and he has a good problem, but. I still felt like, you know, maybe at the deadline he could have moved a couple of the pieces around, but he's still, you know, hoping for that AD sweep. The the way that I, I'm a firm believer in what you see is what you get, right? Um, I'm I've I've been proven wrong time and time again. Why look at a team like okay, that team is a first round exit, that team's a second round exit, right? Postseason is a whole different animal. The way oh, yeah. the postseason plays is way different than the regular season. Teams, I mean, you think teams are going small now? Teams go much smaller in the postseason. Uh, and I look at the Celtics team and I hear all the, the murmurs and the rumors that, oh, they're going to move their young guys for Anthony Davis in the offseason. I feel like that's where this is headed, especially with what the Philadelphia 76ers have done lately. And that moves us on to our next and last segment Hot or Cold Takes, Noah, okay? Is this a hot or a cold take? The Sixers are coming out of the East this year. For me, this is a hot take. What say you? This is very interesting for me. I'm I'm kind of at a lukewarm on this right now. Okay, okay. Because I feel there's a very small sample size. You know, we've only seen a what two, three games with the 76ers Fair with enough. the full team. Fair enough. And Milwaukee with the addition of Nikola Mirotic. That is very true. Just is they are an animal in the East right now. And you have Toronto. It's real. The East has gotten way better compared to last year. The East is what I'm excited for. We know what's going to happen in the West. Come on, we know. We know. We might get a 6-7 game series from Houston and Golden State again. Maybe a Denver might surprise us when IT. I was having a long conversation with uh, a, the same friend that lives in San Diego about Denver. Uh, just the other day, and how when Isaiah Thomas comes back, that's going to give them that veteran last-second leadership they kind of need in those games they've been losing, right? Oh, yeah, and the run Oklahoma City's going and on And, of right course, now. we're not even mentioning Oklahoma City, and we'll get to that. That's another hot or cold take here in a second. But the way I look at it, you got the ultimate piece to pair with Joel Embiid. The ultimate piece. They're, they were missing shooting, right? Tobias Harris is – oh. I love Tobias Great Harris. Shooter. I love his game so much. I really do. He's if they can keep that core together in Philly, wow. I don't know. The only piece that I, I see think, not fitting is maybe the Jimmy Butler piece. He seems to be fitting kinda right now, but I'm I'm a little bit with you on that for sure. Cause someone has to negate those shots. And I don't think Jimmy Butler's afraid to do that. But of course we've known, you know, lately Jimmy Butler is definitely very vocal about getting his um, but he's also very vocal about winning. So which is it, Jimmy? Y- your own agenda or winning? I think that's what it might come down to. But 
Let's move on now to uh, some more hot or, or cold takes here. Let me throw this one at you. We're going to stick with the NBA. Oklahoma City, the biggest threat to the Warriors in the West. Hot or cold take? Mm. For me, it is a hot take. I, oh, This is interesting because I feel that they actually play. I, I would have to go with hot on this one mm-hmm. as well because I feel – that they have a good enough defense, and you know maybe Roberson comes back for the finals. He might. He might. Or, the, or the, just the playoffs in general. If Roberson comes back. Lockdown defender. Lockdown defender. He's going to be able to isolate one of those guys. The way I was, and then again, I'm going to go back. I was having the same conversation with the same friend that, or a different friend. But anyway, Paul George is a better compliment to Russell Westbrook than Kevin Durant was. Hundred and fifty percent. Oh yeah. 150%. The way that they are playing now, because you see Russ putting up the triple-double numbers, obviously. He, he recorded his 10th last night, breaking Will Chamberlain's record. Amazing. But he's not. He's he's negating some of the scoring responsibilities, finally, to Paul George. Yeah. And when we saw Kevin and, and Russ playing together, right, so so often it was, oh, it's my turn. Now it's my turn. You know, uh, taking turns, just ISOing it up, and it just it wasn't working. There's another piece that a lot of people are neglecting on this team. Uh, let, too. Let's hear about it. Dennis Schroeder. Yes. He is a starting I, point definitely. guard for half the league. Definitely. Very good. And another thing is Steven Adams with Dennis Schroeder. Yeah. Them doing some stuff and then doing having some Westbrook with Schroeder and kind of mixing the lineups together. And the, Billy Donovan's doing a great job. The thing with them is everyone says, oh, well, they don't have enough shooting, you know, blah, blah, blah. You know, they got Terrence Ferguson out there, a, a second-year guy that they're starting at the two spot that's been, you know, shooting at about a 30 to 35% clip. He'll get there. Um, I was curious to see if they were going to do anything at the deadline or maybe buy, be buyers in the trade-out or the trade buyout market. Or whatever. Yeah, it's um, still interesting to see if they'll get an Enos Cantor back. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. Enos Cantor's still out yeah, there. That out would there. that would be a big piece. Um, okay, let's let's stick with the the hot and cold takes here as we kind of round out the show today. Um, All Star Weekend is this weekend. I don't know if you knew that or not, uh, but I'm excited. Obviously, I'm always excited for All Star Weekend. The All Star Game I think is very underrated. I love watching the All Star Game, um, but then you have All Star Saturday Night. Let's talk about the dunk contest, okay? okay? Is this a hot take or not? Dennis Smith Jr. runs away with the dunk competition. 100%. That's a cold take for me. I was having, and I was arguing with a friend again who's telling me that, oh, it's going to be Dennis Smith Jr., no question. And I look him dead in the eyes. I say, you are sleeping on my man, Miles Bridges. That's who I'm taking. Miles Bridges is a power dunker. I'm going with hot take on this one. You're too. going with hot take? Yeah, Dennis oh. Smith Jr. is so acrobatic. Mm. That's, I'm a big Dennis Smith see, Jr. fan. I feel like where we're at with the dunk contest, though, is we're all about the like props. Like Props have been ever since Blake Griffin jumped over the hood of a car, not the tall part of the car, which would have yeah. been cooler. I mean, I guess it was still cool when he brought up the car, whatever. Yeah. But ever since that, I feel like, because Dennis Smith Jr. last year tried to come out with like the Vince Carter fundamentals, like great 360 dunks, mm-hmm. right? That's just not going to get it done for you. So I'm anxious to see what he brings to the table. But I think that there is such thing as a 2% athlete, 
and Miles Bridges is in that category. Well, you do, you do have a point with it being in Charlotte this year yeah. and Miles Bridges being a part of the Hornets. Uh-huh. That's that's why I'm kind of I didn't even at, think of that until yeah, now. Cause, so because if you're looking at like All Star MVPs, you got like Kemba Walker who's just going to shine out because it's his hometown uh-huh. for the game. All right, let's go to our last hot or cold take today. Kyler Murray came over social media just the other day saying he's fully committing to being NFL quarterback. Hot take or not, Kyler Murray will be the one of the biggest busts in recent history and wish that he went to baseball instead. Well, I'm, I'm going cold on this one, mm-hmm. even though I wish he would have went to baseball. I still think that he has a viable chance of being a decent starter in the NFL. I think it depends where he goes, but I'm going to go hot take on this. 5'9 quarterback that isn't the biggest guy. Reminds me a lot of like a, a, a Lamar Jackson, like Baker Mayfield kind of mix. Because Baker Mayfield, not a huge guy. Yeah. He's, a, he's a six foot Drew Brees kind of. But he can sling it. The arm talent is there. I just think that he's more of a raw talent at quarterback than people assume. You know, people saw him go out, win the Heisman, and light it up on the field, obviously. We know college football is a way better game than the or way different game and better game in my opinion yeah. than the NFL. But I'm gonna go hot take on this one. I just I, I feel like he's gonna end up somewhere where he is put in a position to fail, like a Jacksonville or a oh man. I don't, if if the New York Giants maybe ooh maybe how about that? I've, you know who uh, I think the New York Giants mm, are going for though. Who do you think? Dwayne, Dwayne Haskins. Haskins. Yeah, Dwayne Haskins. And if they don't get Dwayne Haskins, if they don't get a quarterback, an over- oh my! No, if they don't go quarterback in the first round. Uh, I can't wait for the draft because Fearless Frustrations is going to be on another level come draft time. Oh, yeah. And oh, you, my goodness. You had, it's just Eli hasn't been good since the 11-5 and five season. He's yeah. just been progressively getting worse. And he People has were trying the to talent in the world. make the argument that he played really good the last half of la- the, this last season. No. Who cares? <laughs> Who cares? The, the Giants didn't amount to anything. It doesn't make up for how bad he played the last five years. Yeah. Like, ridiculous. All right, well, I think it's time, just about time to get out of here. But before we do, I want to go to our last segment and who blew it because I can't because earlier um, it was announced that officially Antonio Brown had requested a trade from the Steelers. It hadn't been made official yet until just this morning. And so I want to ask you, who blew it in this situation with Antonio Brown? Antonio Brown or the Pittsburgh Steelers? Oh, this one's hard for it me. It is hard. Because... The Pittsburgh Steelers have all the talent in the world every uh-huh. season, and you know maybe they just figure they don't want to pay him that much. So I'm gonna I'm, I might go with Antonio on this one. I'm gonna also go. You know what? I'm not gonna go Antonio. I'm gonna go the Pittsburgh Steelers. I think this is on the Steelers because there's teams that buy into their window, and there's teams that buy into the future, right? For example, the Los Angeles Rams this last season bought into their window. They went out and they spent money in the offseason. They made trades. They did everything they could to try and get a Super Bowl ring, and then they put up three points in the Super Bowl. Six points. Three. 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 They really put up three points. What a disaster. Anyway, the the Steelers didn't do that. They had a window with Antonio Brown, Le'Veon Bell, a defense that could get you there. But the offense, you still have Juju Smith-Schuster and a Ben Roethlisberger that can still sling it. James Conner. James Conner, too. I mean, who knows what what becomes of James Conner if Le'Veon Bell plays this season. But the point is they didn't want to pay Le'Veon two straight years of a franchise tag. I mean, 
there's no there's no security in being an NFL court or an NFL running back. It seems like I mean you can literally go out on one play and tear your knee and never play again. I mean, so I 100 percent understand where these players come from and Le'Veon Bell and all that. But to me, this is the Steelers' fault. They let a they let a elite receiver in this game go, and we'll see what he can do. Yeah, there's a good chance he's going to the 49ers. Yeah, I've heard the 49ers rumors. 49ers are looking. To, if you there's a there's a new article out that talks about all the trade destinations that would shake up the league. Yeah, half of them are going to the 49ers. 49ers. I'm anxious to see to see where he goes, but uh, I think that's gonna do it for today's episode. Do you have any last closing comments, Noah? Any last closing frustrations before we uh, revisit back uh, next week? Uh, I'm just getting. I'm kind of getting fed up with these super teams in the NBA. To yeah. be honest, yeah. I just feel that's my who isn't. Little... You know, the last thing I'll say. I think we're headed for a fantastic spot. The NBA has been in a great place for the last five or so years. Beside the super team that has been constructed in Golden State, has done great things that people aren't talking about. I'll save them for next week before we you know go another ten minutes into that. Yeah. But I'm 100 percent with you. Follow us on, on Twitter. Listen to us on SoundCloud. Uh, you can follow at Berg Sports Radio. Uh, our episodes will be posted on there weekly. Uh, until next time.